thanks for tuning in to Leesburg Daily, a Monday through Friday podcast where we dive into scripture, study together, and apply it to our lives. Uh, today we pick up our um, our story here. We're, we've been dealing with Jesus healing this blind man, and, and it's problematic on a couple fronts. Uh, first of all, as we will see today, uh, this healing violates uh, Sabbath law. Um, uh, you know, Jesus had just said that he was the light of the world. Um, and he's going to be doing the works of him who sent him as long as he's in the world. And immediately following that, he's, he bends down, he spits in the mud, he makes, uh, he spits in the dirt and makes mud and rubs on his guy's eyes and tells him to go wash. And he came back seeing. Uh, the neighbors see this guy walk in and they kind of spaz out and they start asking questions. And then as we pick up today on, on, in verse 13, the neighbors then, um, take this blind man to the Pharisees. Now, there's nothing uh, to suggest that these neighbors are taking this man to the Pharisees uh, because of because they want to get him in trouble. Um, in fact, it seems like, and it would make sense to consider, now the Pharisees are seen as the religious elite, the religious uh, answer keepers. And, uh, and so this man has now re- uh, experienced a miraculous uh, uh, miracle and so they take him to the Pharisees. I don't think to get him in trouble or to cause issue. Uh, maybe they're unaware of the conflict between that's growing between Jesus and the Pharisees. Uh, it, it could be that they're just taking him to the religious leaders uh, because that's their line of work, their expertise uh, of sorts. Let's pick up in verse 13. Uh, and so they, that's the neighbors, brought uh, to the Pharisees, the man who was formerly blind. Now it was a Sabbath on the day that Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes. And then the Pharisees also were asking him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, He applied clay to my eyes, I washed, and I see. Now I want to pause there and point out how the uh, this is a um, much shorter version of, of what had happened. Uh, as we saw in the account, well, as John re- recalls how it happened, uh, Jesus bit down and he spit in the mud and with his spittle he used uh, the dirt to make clay and applied it to his eyes. And he didn't just say, go and wash. He said, go to the, the pool of uh, Siloam uh, to wash. And so this guy abbreviates um, the, the, the story quite a bit. I, th- I think that's kind of interesting um, uh, that he abbreviates it. Now, why would he abbreviate? You know, it could be uh, that he is sensing or just seeing outright hostility toward Jesus. The Pharisees, we've got to ask, it makes us ask the question, what's their motive for asking? Uh, there's no indicator that they um, are asking out of uh, concern or out of uh, uh, excitement for this blind man who who can now see. In fact, it it seems that they're more asking uh, so that they can continue to build a case against Jesus. Um, he, he says, uh, uh, the Pharisees asked uh, how he received the sight. He said, he applied clay to my eyes, and I washed, and I see. He also didn't say that I washed in the pool of Siloam, which is interesting. Um, 
uh, you know, in the Jewish law, there was the Old Testament law, and then there is the the law that the Jewish leaders put around the law to make sure you didn't work, for example. And there are a couple different areas here where, where the Jews could get in trouble in this narrative. First of all, Jesus knee, uh, uh, kneeling and, and kneading um, spit and dirt together would have been a violation of the law. Um, applying uh, uh, an, 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 a normal uh, mixture uh, to the eyes for healing purposes would have been a violation of the law. And walking more than a thousand yards on the Sabbath would be a violation of the law. Um, from the 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 uh, the temple wall to the Pool of Siloam would be about thirteen. That trip back and forth would be about thirteen hundred yards. And so, as this guy doesn't disclose the location of the pool that he went to, it could very well be that he's not disclosing that because he's afraid of the punishment that he would receive. Have they found out that maybe he broke the Sabbath law in obedience to Jesus? Well, let's pick up. He says, look, I did. he applied clay to my eyes, I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees were saying, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And there was a division among them. You know, this is interesting to consider. This man... Um, or uh, uh, the, the, this, the, these Jewish leaders have a hard time with Jesus because, well, he's violating the law. How could this be? No matter what miraculous signs Jesus performed, uh, he could not possibly be from God, they would claim, because he violates God's law. Uh, that reasoning, uh, although it's based on false interpretation of the Sabbath law, um, it, it can be found represented in the Old Testament. For example, Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, uh, there the people of Israel are warned uh, about those who perform miraculous signs and at the same time lead people away from God. Such people were to be put to death uh, because they preached rebellion against the Lord. Now, this is a, a tough thing, but it's an important thing for us to, to experience today or think about today um, to kind of contemporize this a bit. Uh, you can have, uh, in the Christian pastor world, you can have um, uh, very successful-looking uh, ministries and churches, and pastors are, are we're entering this weird phase where um, a lot of pastors in some of these big churches are uh, more than just pastors. They're more like celebrity figures, which is just uh, flat out wrong in, in so many ways. Uh, your pastor is not a celebrity. Um, of course, you know yours, uh, your pastors here at Leesburg definitely aren't celebrities. Um, uh, but that leads to all kinds of dangers. Um, well, someone might say, well, why would God bless such a ministry um, and, and you see so much fruit from a minister, or maybe not fruit, but you see large crowds. Why would God allow such large crowds uh, if it weren't of him? The same reason, um, the, the, the reason is that Satan is alive and well. Um, there are a lot of large ministries that are uh, 
led by the spirits. I just don't think it's the Holy Spirit. Um, just because it's a big crowd doesn't mean that it's a it's a good thing. Just because it looks good doesn't mean that it is good. Um, for the for the second group uh, of the Pharisees, uh, the nature of Jesus' signs, especially the healing of the of the man born blind, uh, forced them to ask whether uh, he did uh, whether one who who did such things uh, could be described as a sinner. I mean, how could he be a violator of the law? Their reasoning defective because false prophets sometimes performed miracles, uh, such as Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5 uh, tells us. Um, but, but their conclusion was correct. These Pharisees' con- conclusion was correct. Uh, because of differing opinions, however, uh, these Jewish leaders were divided. Until finally being divided in their opinions, they turned to the man who had been born blind. And they said, well, what do you say about him? What do you think? It was your eyes that he opened. Now, now, why, uh, when they could not agree with themselves about Jesus, why would they ask this man for his opinion? It's not really clear. Um, at first, it seems that they ask him because... Uh, as the one who benefited from Jesus's healing, he ought to know about his benefactor of sorts. Um, but as the story unfolds, it becomes clear that they are in no mood to receive the man's testimony. Uh, however, the man gave his opinion without hesitation. This man says, uh, this guy is a, he, he's a prophet. In the Old Testament, in Jewish tradition, prophets were known to be miracle workers. And it seemed to this man to be very clear that his benefactor must fall into this category. Well, he is right, uh, but it doesn't stop there. He was right, but it doesn't stop there. He's more than just a prophet, as we will continue to see, and as this man will continue to learn. Well, that's where we pause for today. Um, I want to ask you, as we consider this, these Jewish people uh, come to this this man with opposition, uh, uh, really questioning um, and, and searching for for to be able to weaponize this healing against Jesus. Uh, sometimes that happens to us. Sometimes uh, people will come to us as we follow Jesus. People will come to us in an attempt and in a, uh, w- with the purpose of derailing us in our walk with the Lord. This man. Uh, holds firm. This man uh, sticks to the basics. I don't know much about him, he says. All I know is I I was blind. Now I see. I believe he's a prophet. Um, That should be the case for us. You know, sometimes we meet opposition. We don't know how to answer the questions that might be raised to us. We don't know how to, to deal with some opposition against Jesus. Um, uh, the, the, the best thing we can do uh, is, is default to recalling what we do know. We, what we do know about our lives prior to Jesus and the change that's been made. Because that can't be argued against. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Uh, tune in tomorrow as we continue uh, in verse 18, the story of the man born blind. God bless. Take care. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in to Leesburg Daily.